Can we give a hand for Brandon Rice as he makes his way up here? <laughs> Oh, good morning. Oh, so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And um, it's so great to be with, uh, with you all here at Destiny again. It's been a while. And, um, and uh, I just love, I love this house. I love this family, this place. Such a beautiful presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. Oh, man, thank you for that time of worship. How many just were getting wrecked this morning? I was, and um, I, I'm still a little wrecked, so bear with me. I, I intend to stay this way. And, um, uh, but uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself. How many of you have never met me before? You never? Okay, great. So, um, Hey, my name is Brandon. As you know, um, born and raised in California, uh, Northern California, and uh, for um, about uh, 18 years we were living in Redding, California, and uh, we were there at Bethel Church for um, those 18 years. Uh, we moved from a smaller community, not as small as the one I live in now, but uh, uh, when uh, Amy and I, my wife and I, we grew up there in, in Lake County. Uh, California, moved to Reading so that I could attend Bethel School Supernatural Ministry. This was back in 2001, and uh, we thought we'd be there a couple of years, and the Lord made it our home. We ended up raising our kids mostly there, and uh, so so I'm married 25 years. Um, my wife and I will be coming up on 26 years this coming August. Yay, God. And... Uh, and uh, yeah, the Lord is good. And uh, we have four kids. Uh, my son is the oldest. His name is Josh. He's 25. He got married this last year. And, uh, and then I just found out I'm going to be a papa in December. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So I'm excited about that. And, um, and, uh, and then uh, three girls. So uh, Caitlin, Chelsea, and Molly. Caitlin is 23. Molly, or, uh, and Chelsea is, uh, is 20. She just turned 20 on the 31st. We just celebrated. And, uh, and then we have Molly, who is 10 years old. And, uh, and she's a real gift to us. It was not an oops. It was a fulfillment of a desire that we had had for a long time, and we'd given up. And uh, there's a whole amazing testimony in that, but I just want you to know God is so good. And so I just released that, even though you don't know the story. If you have hopes for children and you have any challenges in that area, I believe actually just at that announcement, there's a grace in the room. How many just felt a grace and a release of the Holy Spirit? I do. So I'm just recognizing that. I release that to you. That's from the Lord. So children are a blessing from the Lord. And, um, and so, yeah. So Molly, you know what? She's keeping us young. And... Um, Praise God. We do. We live in uh, uh, Weaverville, California. It's a small mountain town, about 4,000 people. And we've been pastoring the church there called Mountain Chapel uh, for uh, four years in five days. It'll be four years. And uh, so we're about to celebrate our four-year anniversary. And we live in the trees up there. And um, amen. Amen. I grew up in the church. Uh, how many grew up in church? Awesome. How many did not? You came to the Lord unchurched? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, to me, there is such blessing in both of those testimonies. You know, I love the, the heritage and the foundation you receive when you grow up in the house of God like I did. I wouldn't, wouldn't trade um, what, what I have for anything. But there's something so beautiful when people come into the kingdom and they're just a blank slate and they don't have a lot. They don't have to unlearn anything, you know. It's just they just know everything they know they have to get rid of and, and just receive the inheritance in Christ. And so, um, but for me, what changed my life, and this is what we're going to get into today. Um, what, what really changed my life was that at 20 years old um, and... Uh, that was 27 years ago, in case you're wondering. And um, anyway, uh, 
at 20 years old, I experienced the Lord in a way that completely rocked my world, changed my life. How many have had that experience yourself? Yeah. Well, what I want to tell you is that that is actually the inheritance of every believer. I have a, a word for you today, and I'm going to actually place it in our current context, okay? I, I would give you this word at any time because to me, what I'm sharing with you today is the core of the kingdom and the core of what Christ paid for, okay? Let me just start out by giving it away up front that Jesus didn't go to the cross just to pay for our sins, he had to deal with what was separating us, but what Christ actually paid for was oneness. <laughs> Jesus, what Jesus was really after is oneness. Intimate connection with us, individually and corporately, that we are his bride. He... <laughs> He loves us. And, and, and if, you, if you were to really, have you ever just, those of you that have grown up in church, do you ever stop and just ask questions that you probably have taken for granted? Do you ever just step back and look at everything and go, what is church? I do this. What is church? Because we have a context for church, amen? We're Americans. We live in a free country. We are allowed to worship freely. Praise God. We don't have to. Praise God. Amen. This is God's hope for all people all over the world. You know, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. He loves freedom. His kingdom is a kingdom of freedom. But true freedom is a freedom that we have on the inside of us that no one can ever take away no matter what. And, and as hard as that, that internal kingdom would manifest outward. This is the kingdom. This was the garden. It all started in a garden, and it was meant to expand and take over the earth. As a believer, you and I are the garden. Whoa, if we could just go back to the garden, you're the garden. Like, we, you know, we're, we're not going back to anything. We're not going back to the book of Acts. We're not going back to anything. What we're going deeper into is the reality that's better. Like, God, God has always taken us deeper. In the last few years, we've had it pretty easy, haven't we? Just um, anybody experienced any challenge in your life in the last couple of years, maybe? Anything at all? Uh, any internal uh, turmoil at all in the last couple of years? Any stress? Any challenges? I was at, you know what, there's, there's, yeah. There's two, there's, there's two kinds of people, right? Those that, who uh, desperately need God and those that can't admit it. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and the ones who can admit it, get him. All right. And, and so in the last couple of years, we have faced some uh, uh, circumstances that none of us saw coming, right? Remember 2020? 2020, the, who was it? Somebody won the Super Bowl. It's a Bob Jones prophecy. Revival's here. Awakening's here. Praise God. Stay home. What's going on? We're figuring it out. And I'll tell you, you know, how many know that in this day, we are, we are living in a day of a great awakening. And God is setting the stage to reveal himself to, to this nation and all over the world that is in a way that has not yet been seen in history. How many know that before God reveals himself to us that sometimes we have to get a revelation of us. When we get a revelation of us, we're positioned to receive him because we suddenly realize how in need we really are. 
And I'll just tell you that in these challenges that we face, boy, how many Christians got weird? Right? And I, I, I don't even know if anybody escaped it. I just think there's a spectrum. It's not did you get weird, it's how weird did you get? You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> and some of us who are external processors maybe just broadcasted it a lot more, right? And it's like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we didn't know if we should, like, preach the gospel or protect our guns or, like, we, we didn't know, like, what... Okay, it's, it's all good, but, but it's good. It's all good. It's all good. I I love this country. I love the freedom. But I just want to tell you that that we got we're getting we're getting sorted. We're getting sorted, you and me, and and it is for our good, and 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 I love that the, the I'm I'm not even getting to the I'll get to this. This is the preface. I'm setting the stage, but. But the Lord, okay, so God makes all things work together for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What it doesn't say is God initiates everything that happens. So the whole virus thing and all the weird political upheaval and everything that's happened, is God the author of that? No. No. But I'll tell you, in the midst of it, the refining fire, in the midst of the shaking, you know, and I just want to say, like, wherever your life was shaking, wherever you felt insecure, wherever you felt afraid, this is the mercy of God because he's like, that corner of your house isn't on the rock. That's why it's shaking and crumbling a little bit on that side, you know? And, and, I, and so I want to give you a teaching, but I'm also here speaking to you prophetically this morning. And I want to say that one of the things that's happening in the body of Christ, probably around the world, definitely in America, is that there is a division of soul and spirit that is happening in the church. There is like a, a, a circumcision of the flesh that's happening with the Christians, with the bride of Christ. And because we actually, I don't think any of us had any idea how much we needed it. I, I didn't. I didn't. But I'm looking back and going, man, I kind of wigged out a little bit. Right? I mean, I don't know if I should protest mandates or, or, or I, you know, I mean, we, and I think a lot of the church is just kind of like, was trying to figure out, like, what, what do we do as the church? Do we protect our, our constitutional rights? Do we just preach the gospel? I don't know. It's all kind of important. See, that, that clarity is not a sharp, that, that's not a sharp edge, is it? Come on, it's good news. And so we were like, God's about to reveal himself, but I believe we got revealed to us. The Lord has graciously, kindly, and beautifully revealed us to us. And we went, wow, we got a little weird, didn't we? <laughs> Let's just laugh at that. Do a little Steve Backlund. You know, and... Uh, and now what it's created, what it, what it is creating is a beautiful condition of the heart in the church where we are recognizing we actually need him more than we thought we did. And there's a condition of the heart that sets the stage for us to receive what God has for us. And it is called poor in spirit. Poor in spirit could also be called surrender. God looks for surrender. Do you know what poor in spirit is? I like to put things in simple language. You know what poor in spirit is, if I'm poor in spirit? It's that I know I need God. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. Everyone needs God desperately. When you're poor in spirit, you know it.
what the Lord is doing in us is that he is revealing to us each individually and corporately truly what is available in him. Let me explain. Let's look at some verses. I'm going to build a little case for you, and then I'm going to make, make some points. Psalm 16.5. Actually, we're going to look at Deuteronomy 18 first. You can, we're going to go to Psalm and, Psalms in a minute. Deuteronomy 18.2. And it says this. The Lord is your inheritance. He's speaking to, he's dividing up the inheritance of the land, right, in the promised land. And, and he's speaking to these Levites, this priestly tribe. And it says to them, the Lord is your inheritance. They will have no inheritance among their countrymen. The Lord is their inheritance as he has promised them. You guys remember this? They go into the promised land. They're dividing up the territories. They got all the, the 12 tribes there. And it's like, all right, you guys, you get this. Look at that. Hill country, springs. Look at that. Look at this. Isn't that nice? Oh, yes, that's our land. Awesome. And he's dividing it up over here. And he's dividing up all these land. And then he looks to the Levites and he goes, I got special, something special for you. It's me. <laughs> Which is amazing. But sometimes I think practically and I think the Levites are like, that's great. Where are we going to live? <laughs> but then you know the story. He, he says, okay. And then all of you, you make room in all your land. So that your Levitical brothers can live with you. They're the priests among you. The Lord is their inheritance. What is that? That's a great picture. That when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, everything else gets added. When the Lord was first, they still got what everyone else got. Except they didn't have to mow the lawns. That's what I imagine. So, so inheritance. What is Inheritance. When you and I think of inheritance, we often think of a sum of money, right? Maybe a bank account, a fund, something that's stored up. Yes, it can include property and things like that. But often in our day, we think of, we think of money. But in these times, inheritance was land. And land, the land you had and how much you had would determine how well you lived and how rich you were and how secure you were, how taken care of you were. Land was everything. If you had good land, you could raise your cattle. That's your food, right? If you had good land, you had a good water source in your land. You could, you could drink healthy water. You could be healthy, all of your livestock, everything. And then you could water all your crops. You're rich, right? It wasn't, it wasn't about... Working by the hour or, or building, a, you know, back then it wasn't about currency and, and things like this. It was all about eating, living. It's How about this? In him we live and move and have our being. Your inheritance in the Old Testament context is where you would live and move and have your being. And the Lord says to the Levites, I am your inheritance. Psalm 16, 5, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. It's just another verse in the, same, in the same vein. The Lord is my inheritance and my cup. See, what an interesting, this is interesting to me. Now I want you to get this, that God is not just a person, but he is a place. You ever learn about nouns in school? Person, place, or thing. Like, he's, a, he's not a thing. But, but he's not just a person. He is a place. Why is that important? Because if God's your inheritance, are you getting this? He's our everything. And I think that in a free country, in America, it's a great blessing. But what has developed in all of our freedom 
is in some measure, oftentimes, not here. This is, by the way, it's a wonderful house of the presence of God. I, I just love the presence of God here. But much of the gospel, I believe that we have experienced, even though the message, the core of the message is true, it is a gospel that kind of only works in a first world country when there's really no problems. And the minute there's a virus that's rogue and, and a government that's doing stuff we're not used to, oh, we're like, wow, we just freak out. Living on the rock, brother. And, and then, like, if something happens, and then, right? I'm, like, I'm just talking about us, right? I'm not pointing at anybody. And, and I, but I'm just saying, do you hear what I'm saying, actually? That, that, that we've actually, and what is that? Why is it that when the pressure's on, when we reach, what, what did we pull up? We all pulled something up, right? Because this is what happens. We all have faith. We, all, we are his children. We are his people. And, and so, but boy, we were in a time of shaking and rumbling and sorting and going, wow, oh, that's probably not the message. You know, that might be my opinion. You know what I mean? We all have them. But the Lord is wanting to bring us into a reality of the presence of God inside of you and me that is so tangible and so powerful that it works anywhere, in any circumstance, at any time. Because this is the power of the kingdom. It does work everywhere. There, there's nowhere on the planet or anywhere else where the kingdom of heaven is not superior. And God, he wants us to know it because he wants us as his children to live as the royal sons and daughters that we really are. And, and I just want to tell you that, like, you are more than you think you are. I want to encourage us this morning. All right, let's, let's keep going. God's not just a person. He's a place. How about this, 1 Corinthians 6, 19? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? So if he's my inheritance and I'm in him, and I'm his temple, then he's in me, then it sounds like Jesus got his prayer answered. That we'd be in him and he'd be in us because he's in the Father and the Father's in him and that we would be one. And the Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Now let me just ask you a question. When you're driving down the road in your car, do you ever wonder, like, in your, you say, okay, I know I'm saved. I know God loves me. I know I'm his son. I know I'm his daughter. But where is he? Have you ever felt distant from God? It's okay. Like, I know there's a ton of people that don't want to raise their hand. And, that, and that's okay. That's all right, because we've all experienced that. But, but I want you to know that that problem is not a proximity issue. It is a belief issue. Do you know that you can never be closer to God physically than you are right now if you've been born again? How do you get closer than one? Like, I'm not just connected to the Father way up on the throne. The Bible says the Holy, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, he's with you, he's going to be in you. On your most oppressed day, as a born-again believer, God lives inside your body. He, he doesn't just love you from afar. He's not walking with you. That, that too. He, God is in you. And actually, you're one with him. Now, I'm not God, neither are you. But, but when you're married, you're not your spouse, but you're one. 
And that's just a picture of this oneness. That doesn't even come close to how one you are with God. One spirit. Somebody described it like this. If you had a, like a big pitcher and two glasses of water, one of them represents your spirit and one of them represents God. And you, if they were poured both into that pitcher, try to separate them again. Nothing can separate you. But what God wants to do is bring us into a revelation that what is true becomes a tangible reality. Come on, it's an upgrade day for us. There's an impartation taking place. See, my whole life changed when I began to discover, when I had a revelation, that the secret place is not a place that I go. It's a place that I am. You got a prayer closet, anybody? You know, like, good, go into your prayer closet. I got a friend who's got a prayer closet. He's one of my, my intercessors. He literally has a closet, and he goes in and spends a long time in there. And, and I'm thankful for that. And, and it's good that we have our places we go, and it's good that we set our time aside. But, what's, but what is even more important is that we understand that when we get up from that chair, that we don't leave our secret place. The secret place got up out of the chair. And it went to work. And it went in the car. And it went everywhere. Wherever I am, I am the place that God dwells. And the presence of God is not just a blessing that is a beautiful feeling in the air when we come together in a corporate setting like this. That it's actually God's heart that we each individually know that reality on a day-to-day basis at any moment, at any time. That this presence that's here, now there's something in the corporate setting that really can't be duplicated. And that's true. When we come together, there is something that happens. There's something available in corporate settings. But, but at the same time, the presence of God, is, I, am, I don't leave the presence of God when I leave church. We know that in our heads, but we don't know that in our emotions and in our day-to-day realities. And what I need to do is I need to be able to take a big drink wherever I am at any time. And so I had a revelation when I realized that... You know, uh, years ago, maybe I've shared this story with you, I don't know, but years ago, I, I was on a Saturday, and I was sort of milling around the garage, and just, you know, kind of straightening up out there, and just doing Saturday stuff, you know, chores around the house, and um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to get into the presence of God for a minute, and there was a piece of exercise equipment in the garage, and so I sit down on the bench there, and I lean back, and like, you know, kind of like furrow my forehead and squint my eyes, Oh, Lord, I'm going into the presence right now. And I'm not kidding you. The Lord said, what are you doing? Uh, And isn't it amazing how the Lord can say something so simple and with it, understanding so deep comes. And I realized, what am I doing? And the Lord says to me, he said, you are always in my presence because my presence is is inside of you. As a new as a believer, as a born again believer, we don't just we don't come into the presence of God. As a matter of fact, becoming a believer means that the presence of God came into you. That's what made you a Christian. Do you know what makes you a Christian? Not going to church. But like if you're a Christian, you go, but like but yeah, you, do you know what makes you a Christian? It's this, actually. It's, uh, it's oh, we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, yes, it's all true. But what the result of that is, 
is that God's spirit comes and you're born of the spirit and he comes in and makes his dwelling place in you. And so the difference is, is that you were, you were by yourself and then God moved in. It's not because you performed better. It's because God moved in and started sprucing the place up. No, he didn't spruce it up, though. <laughs> it's so much better than that, but it's a good analogy, right? God gets in there. Everything's gone. Everything, everything old is gone. Everything's new. He comes in and goes, everything's new. Why? Because I'm here. And I just want to tell you that, that this great Holy Spirit developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit is the Christian life. Well, we come to the Father in Jesus' name. Right. And all of that happens because the Spirit of God is inside of you guiding into the truth, reminding you of what Jesus said. Like, you're not... You, you. And so inside of you is heaven. There is power and there is glory, and it's all his. It's not us, but it is so available. And, and I'm just telling you that these last couple of years has set us up for success because we have become aware of our need. But that need is what makes us positioned to receive what God has for us. And I don't know about you, but I have just been getting, like, beautifully humbled. I don't mean by circumstances, but by the loving kindness of the Father who is, like, coming close, and he is convicting in a beautiful, wonderful way. Where Do you guys know that thing where the Holy Spirit is drawing you close, and sometimes your heart just aches, and, but you don't even know why? You feel like you want to repent, and you don't even know what for sometimes? Anybody have that experience? I'm telling you, he's doing this thing. And, and, you, and if you don't know that the Holy Spirit is doing it, then you can misunderstand what's happening. And you can go into condemnation. You can start feeling bad. But I just want to tell you, like church, what you do is just yield. When you feel that aching of your soul, here's what I want you to know. That's God himself inside of you, yearning for you, drawing you. Revealing himself to you, cleansing you. He, 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 is, he, is, he is bringing a clarity to our minds. He's pulling back the flesh. He's helping us understand the difference between, yeah, hey, I'm so glad to be a, a, a Christian who's also an American, but there's a difference between the two. There are people in the world who are born of the Spirit and don't think anything like Americans. I'm so thankful to live in the country I live in. I'm so thankful. I feel like I won the lottery. I didn't pick it. I couldn't choose it. I could have been born in Somalia. Right? It's so humbling. But, but there's such a difference. All right. It'll to bring this in for you. See, the church in this hour, there's a great awakening that's already begun. That's what I believe. I see the signs of it. I'm seeing the fruit of it. Actually, we, we begin to see a shift recently where we're starting to see people come to the Lord again and be transformed. Boy, I've seen some really beautiful salvations lately and i'm like now that's how it's supposed to happen you know what i mean i'm like you know what i'm saying i don't mean you, if if you started coming to church good but i'm not saying they started coming to church i'm saying they were born again delivered of demons filled with the spirit new creation witnessing all over town you know i'm like that's what happened to me i think that's how it's supposed to happen 
But I grew up in church, and then finally that happened. And, you know, in Acts 19, Paul comes upon some believers, and, and they go, hey, we believed on Jesus. And he goes, oh. And his first question was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, we haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit. Well, stop everything. This was Paul. I want you to get this. This is not just, this is so key. You know, we think of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the XL version of Christianity that when you're ready for it, you can get the leather seats. You know what I'm saying? We don't think that way. But a lot of Christians do, you know? I don't know if they're ready for it. And you're like, and, and Paul was like, I actually don't think you're a Christian unless you've received it. This is what I get out of that verse. We believed on Jesus. Okay, you're heading in the right direction. But were you born again? Did, this, did God himself come by his spirit and fill you and baptize you that you experienced him in power in a way that you knew that now you carry this presence and power of God and that this presence is transforming your life from the inside out and, and there was some manifestation that happened. And, 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 and as believers, this, I, I think God is upgrading his church. That it actually is the presence of God that is our highest priority. And it is the Holy Spirit in us that is the power. Like, I, I, I want to minister to you here in a minute, just for about five minutes. But, but, I, but, but I don't have time to unpack this. But I want to tell you that, like, our context for what church is... I'm discovering, and I'm not, I'm not even getting, don't worry, I'm not getting like, I'm not even thinking we need to change too much about, the. I think the way we do things is okay. I think that we're going to experience a reformation. I think that, I think that things are going to shift and that our methods are going to change and that even some of the shape of things is probably going to change coming up. But that's actually not what I'm going after. What, what I'm going after and what God is going after is that we have a revelation of what the church is. And it's not buildings and money. And we, it's all good. That's all good. It's good. Don't hear me out but I'm just saying, like, we start, as the church, we get so natural-minded sometimes. And we don't even know, but because we want to be good stewards, and it's all really kingdom stuff. It's really good, you know? But, but boy, we, we spend our, like, we spend our time talking about things, and then you're like, but if you just think about what the church is, the church is the redeemed of the Lord, filled with the Spirit, living as the body with the power of God's presence manifesting among them. This is what the church is. And before there was any formation, before there was any 501c3s, before, we, before there were like dedicated buildings, and I'm glad for all this because it's okay. Like things shape and change and move as we go forward. But, but it's so important that we remember, church, who we are. And that actually not just remember, but we have a revelation that you and I are the children of God filled with the Spirit. And, and, and I want to declare to you right now as we're about to pray that this situation that happened here in Acts 19, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And then he said, he laid hands on him and the Holy Spirit came and they prophesied and they manifested, they spoke in tongues and, and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. What is this? This is what we call, we've come to call, a defining moment. And, and all Christians, it's the inheritance of every believer to have defining moments. Because authority, we are called to walk in power and authority. You, if you're, if you're hearing me right now and you're like, I know some people are. No, you are. And it does not have to look like Reinhard Bonnke or, or Todd White or anyone else that we esteem. It'll look like you. 
under the power of the Holy Spirit, whatever that looks like. But the substance is the same. And, and, and you as a child of God individually are called to walk in authority in the Spirit with the power of the Spirit. Authority comes when we are in submission. And power comes because we have encountered him. That song we sang was just wrecking me this morning. What was it saying? It's like, draw me close to your face again. It's like, it's those, it's those moments close to his face. When that happens, power is being imparted to you. Defining moment. And church, whatever, whatever is ahead, this is not gloom and doom. I think great things are ahead. But, but we don't know. Here's what we learned. We don't know. And I think that maybe we've spent a lot of time trying to protect something we can't control instead of delving into an inheritance that is so readily and fully available. And the Lord is saying, I'll be the surety of your times. You want security? Here's the only security that you and I have. It is the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. It is the promises of a good, good father who is spiritual and outside of government and outside of any system. And, and, we're, and the church is coming into a day of fire. And I mean, like the Holy Spirit fire. All right. Look, can we stand together? Mm. I just want to pray for you. Pray for us. And here's the thing. I I could pray, and I will, for an impartation. But I want to tell you that there's actually something that I believe is more valuable. And it is that what we would actually receive... is a grace to recognize the wooing and the moving of the Holy Spirit on our own individual hearts. This is what, if I could have one thing for every one of you in here, if I could ask for one thing from the Lord and I'd be guaranteed that I would get it, this is what I would pray. I'd say, God, I pray that Every single person in this room and every single person that watches online would suddenly have a deep and powerful revelation and an awareness of the moving of your spirit and learn to recognize when you are moving and, you and learn to recognize that, that, that your movement in our own heart and our own mind because that is where the gold is. And if we can have that, then anything the Lord wants to do, he's going to be able to do. That's why I would want that for us. This is what I'm actually asking. I'm asking, Lord, that there would be a mark upon even, like, even myself this morning, God. That, God, we are so hungry for you. God, I confess to you. Oh, guys, I stirred up. But I, I confess to you, Lord, that we... We love you, but we need you. But here's the, here's the thing. We need the one that we have. We're not desperately crying out for a far-off God who's reluctant to move. God, what we're asking is that you will tune our senses to the living one who's inside of us on our worst day, on our toughest day at work, on the Saturday that you just kind of melt and you don't want to get off the couch. We don't tell each other about those days. But we all have had them. 
on those days, we can sink into the secret place that is this body. And there we are with you. And when the Spirit of God is moving upon me, when I feel the ache in my soul, I just say, Lord, have your way. I want to give you a practical key. When you feel the ache, when you feel any cry of your heart, when you feel anything, I want you to recognize something. That's not a lack. That's God moving. Isn't that good news? And sometimes the enemy, he gets us thinking like, that's because God's far away from you. And you're like, no, you couldn't even feel that unless the Spirit of God in you was actually wooing you. It's actually he's wooing you. He's, he's moving on you. And so in those moments, instead of, I, I celebrate those moments and I go, God, I yield. God, don't stop. Whatever you're doing, I don't even know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing in my heart. I don't know what you're doing, but I know I need it, so do it. This is intimacy. Right? True intimacy isn't like calculated words and clear thoughts. True intimacy is connection and exchange. And there's passion and there's emotions and there's expression. So, Lord, I ask you this morning for an increase and an upgrade in our intimacy with you. This is what I pray that, Lord, you would, you would help us to, number one, recognize your presence inside of us, around us, wherever we are. Two, that we will grow in our value and recognize that you're not a feeling, but you are a living God. That the Holy Spirit, you're not a feeling, you're the Lord. And that three, you would teach us to walk aware, sensitive, aware of you. And resting in your work inside of us. I thank you, God. I thank you for your church. I thank you that it's a time of growth. It's a time of ingathering. It's a time of baptism. It's a time of power. All right, so go ahead and put your head on your heart. Say, Lord, I receive. Have your way. Move upon me, within me in a fresh way. Real quick, I want you to say this. I renounce the lie that I am ever out of the presence of God. And I agree with the truth that he lives inside of me. He's everywhere I go. <laughs> is God here? Well, if you got there, he is. God's everywhere, but let's just say he wasn't. The minute you get there, he's there. Because he will never leave. Right? Did you know, remember when David wanted to build a house for God? David, heaven's my throne, earth's my footstool. What house you could build for me? I mean, the earth is just my footstool. Heaven's my chair. And then he goes and releases this revelation that we're the city, we're the bride, we're the temple, we're the place he lives. We're those living stones built up into a holy habitation for God of the Spirit. We're the place that God lives. You know what that means? Do you, how many realize that God lives wherever he wants? So that means you're his dream house. I'm God's dream house. You are. We are together. All right. Lord, I just thank you for Destiny Church, and I thank you for the, the days and the years ahead. 
And I just thank you, God, that what's released today is beyond what we can even sense now. But I thank you for that impartation. In Jesus' name. I just want to release, actually, I want to release a word for you right there in the gray shirt. Tom, it's Tom, right? I passed your test. Um, he said he was going to test me later. Uh, I, I saw your shirt during worship, actually, and the Lord highlighted it to me. And this is a really good word for everybody. But, um, you know, it says, can't nobody love you like Jesus. But you know what? Nobody can love Jesus like you. And, uh, and actually, I thought about having shirts made one time that would say, you can't love God like I can. <laughs> and I thought it would be amazing because it would be so a little bit offensive and it would get, it would get conversation. What do you mean? That's so prideful. And you're like, no, nobody can love God like you either. Right? But Tom, like, I, this is the worst. amazing. It's like an encouragement for the whole church because that's the reality, church, is that nobody can love God the way you do. You have a love that if you don't give to God, he will never have it. And he, he longs for it. You're like, but God, you got so many people that love you. And he's like, I made you so unique. I long for your heart. And if you don't give it to me, I'll never, ever have it. I'll never have anything like it. It's so unique. But Tom, I feel like that's a word for you. And, and that I, the Lord just wants to uh, actually encourage you and, and, uh, celebrate you because I, I just see that um, in the secret place, really, that you've really, um, you've been in a season, I feel like in this last year, there's been a real drawing of your heart in a new and a fresh way in the Lord. That, like you maybe have walked with God for a long time, but there's been a deepening. And I feel like in that inner place, I don't know if you express these things or not, but, but there's been some actual moments of surrender that you've actually surrendered to the Lord. Is this making sense to you? And, and, and that the Lord has just moved in your heart, and you've had these moments where you're like, okay, God. And he sees those things. And, um, and, and I, just, I just know that uh, there's more that's happened in those times than even you realize. But there are seeds of encounter that were planted in those, in those moments. And actually, I just see, Father, I thank you for Tom, and I thank you, God, for, for the intimacy that he shares with you and for the work that you've done in his heart, God, and that you continue to do it. And I see those seeds growing up, Tom, and I see that you are, that the next thing that's going to begin to happen is that God is going to be able to give you, he's going to begin to give you articulation for the things that you're carrying inside. And, and you've had this experience, and if this were, applies to anyone else in the room, just take it for yourself. But, Tom, you've had this experience uh, in this last year, I believe, and I feel like even increasing over the last nine months, it's been getting increasing, where you're having these moments with God where it's like you're showing me something, but you're like, and it's just rocking your world, but then you go to say it, and you're like, I don't even know how to say it. Is that true? And I, and I just want you to say, I, I want to encourage you that, and, and really, again, everyone just received this, but Thomas, I want to encourage you that what that is, is a gift of revelation. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation that's on you. And we, we, try, to, we try to formulate the words and get it written out, you know, and, and everything. But really the Lord just says, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it because that's intimacy that's happening and revelation happens in intimacy. And what's going to happen is that you better just have your uh, recorder ready because like you'll be driving down the road or going about your day and a clear thought will come to you. And what you're going to want to do is write it down or record it. And you're going to see the messages begin to unfold because God's going to actually give you a grace to release impartation for what he's doing inside of you. And it's not just knowledge, it's the experience that will be released.
Yeah, so we bless that. Father, I thank you, God. I pray that there would be a te- that teaching gift would actually um, begin to grow. And um, God, I just thank you for this man who the guy has yielded to the heart work and said, God, it's not about me. I don't want attention. I don't want glory. I want you to get the glory. But here I am. Here I am. Here I am. And, and, and so, Tom, uh, that's what he looks for. He looks for that surrender and that humility. And so we bless that. In Jesus' name. Yeah. And, and, and there's somebody in here that I feel like you, you've, uh, you, you've been, um, you've been, it's like you've been trying to get a hold of God. You're like, I just, I'm trying to get a hold of God. You know, and I'm reaching, I'm trying to get a hold of God, but but what the Lord wants to say to you is that I am laying hold of you. And you don't have to try to do that. All you have to do is yield and rest. And here's the good news about that. It's not about your strength. It's not about your grip on God. It's never been about our grip on God. It's about his grip on us. Paul said that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. When you begin to realize that it's Christ who laid a hold of you, that's when you step out of religion and into relationship. That's when you stop trusting your efforts and you start trusting his finished works. So raise your hand if that applies to you. If that's you and you go, yeah, I want that. I want that revelation. There you go. Praise God. Come on. Come on. It's awesome. All right. So, Lord, I thank you for doing that. All right. And we want to pray for folks this morning, okay? But, but I'm going to hand it over to Steve here in a minute. But, but the last thing I want to do is just put your hands out in front of you. And I just want to say, Holy Spirit, blow through this place. Lord, I I thank you for for coming. Come, Holy Spirit, and move, move, blow, blow through the place, blow upon the people. Yeah. 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 Every time Every time you sense the presence of God, you're being transformed. It's like, this is my plan. This is God's plan for us. It's my plan for myself. It's like, here's my plan to grow, that you keep landing on me. He's in me, but Lord, that you keep manifesting upon me, that you keep touching me. That's our plan. It relies on him. And so, Lord, I thank you that every time I sense your presence, I can say thank you for what you're doing to me. Keep doing it, Lord. And I thank you that you're raising up a glorious church for these days. Thank you, Lord. Here's what's going to here's what's going to look like. We're going to know both the kindness and the severity of God like never before. It's a beautiful thing. It's not a scary thing. But one of the things that's coming to the church in this move is a refreshing of the, the reverence for God. It was called the fear of God. 
you know, but it doesn't mean we're afraid of God, but it is a, a reverence that is strong where we begin to regard God as holy. Because what God has done for the last two decades is teach us that he's a good father, and it's taken us a while to really get a hold of that. I'd say we're going to keep growing in that revelation. We, we still need to. He's better than we think, even still. But there's, there's also, at the same time, it's not, it's not an opposition. It's part of his nature that he's also, there's this awe and reverence for God that's going to come on the church. And it's going to produce in you and me a holiness, a separateness, an otherworldliness. Because we're not going to win the world. Like, listen, you know what we've actually tried to do? We've tried to win the world by being more like him. We try to soften the edges and everything. And like, we just need to know, we need to carry the revelation that he's a good and loving father. But quit trying to make excuses for the fact that we're so peculiar. And there's this reverence that's going to produce a holiness. If you want a scripture for it, it says perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Without the fear of God in the church, there's no full revelation of holiness. There's no manifestation of holiness. Without a revelation of the goodness of God, we don't get intimate with God. And without a revelation of, uh, of the fear of the Lord, we don't manifest the holiness of God. And God is raising up a church that looks just like him. It's like she's so good, but she's so like, awesome. And that is what's going to cause the world it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, there's going to be such a power in the gospel. It's going to draw people. And the other thing that is going to happen is there's going to be a unity because he is first, not because we try to compromise all our opinions and get together, but because we've all surrendered and the Holy Spirit has had his way with us and we've agreed that it's actually his presence. Do whatever you want. That's what unifies us. And that unity is going to cause a manifestation of the family of God. The love for one another. They will know that you're mine by your love for each other. We've talked about love in the world. But I want to tell you what Jesus said is he didn't say that, that they're going to know your mind by how much you love the lost. We need a, we, he loves the lost. But he actually said what's actually going to be assigned to them is how much we just love each other. And that is what is also going to contribute to this great harvest. The Lord showed me these things. And that, that the world, the picture he gave me is that the world is going to be looking at the church like somebody who's outside on a cold winter's night looking through a living room window where there's a fireplace and a loving family. And, and they're going to go, I want, I want to know what it's like to be in there. What do they have? And they're going to go, what do you have? And we're like, we have him. We're just like you. <laughs> Wait till you hear our story. We were, we were a mess. But look what he's done. And we are going to see a harvest. And he's going to free us from things that we just... So what I see, I, I, the, as, the, as we lean into the Lord, as we yield to him, he's going to free us from things. And, and it's going to be so beautifully done as we yield that it won't be like God is saying, give me that, let me take this, let me take that. It's, it's actually the wooing of the Holy Spirit that causes you to say, you know, Lord, actually, I just want to be with you. I don't even care about this stuff. And stuff's going to start dropping off our lives because we just, don't care about it that much. And it's not even going to be hard. It's like, it's just going to be like, and yeah, sometimes God asks us, but I'm just telling you, like, God, God, he's not going to, he's not going to come after us and try to take away our toys. He's coming after our hearts. And, he, and he's wooing us with his love. And he's going to bring us in to glory. Okay. I'm going to hand it over. 
I want to pray for anybody who wants prayer, and I know that there's a prayer team Pastor Steve mentioned, and if, if they can partner. But anybody who wants to receive prayer, I'll be happy to pray for you and see what the Lord does. Thank you so much. Love you all. Wow, that was powerful, huh? Oh, amen. I want to I want to give you the op- give you the opportunity to give to everything that you give in this offering right this one I'm going to take right now will go to Brandon. So if you want to really bless him big time, this is your opportunity. So the ushers could please help me if you giving cash and would like a receipt, just slip your hand up one of these ushers who was running around vigorously. Um, they'll give you an offering envelope. Otherwise, make you check out the Destiny Church. But everything you give in this offering will go to Brandon. So let's really be generous. We're so grateful. That was really, I really witnessed with that. That was powerful. Amen. We have a hand raised here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I think I caught the ushers by surprise here. Well, let's just pray over our offering. Thank you that we can give, Lord. Thank you so much that you're good to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your the fear of the Lord coming over us, the awe of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness too, Lord. Thank you. Just pray that you'll bless this offering and multiply it. And thank you for the... Uh, the, the measure that is rece- we receive back in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, men, pass the buckets. So um, if you don't have your kids registered, this is a good opportunity to do that today. Uh, also, for kids, for teen camp, also, um, as soon as I dismiss, there's some re- fellowship in the back and uh, coffee bar out there. But also, if you do need prayer, we'd like Brandon to pray for you put that out there as an offer so you need prayer for anything we'll give you that opportunity praise God let's all stand up one more time just pray God that you have the greatest week on earth that you've ever had that's this next week and may uh, and we just believe that remember that you your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost Isn't that good news amen so the prayer counselors could come forward too but um, also, if you would like Brandon to pray for you, just as soon as I dismiss, make your way forward. God bless you all. You're free to go.